With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. E-S-N-Y. scary oh still yeah no the sunburn sunburn's no joke i as a person of irish descent i fully understand what being outside in the sun for 10 minutes can do to you well i will tell you that um i got burnt very badly and when that happens it's usually only like a couple of spots this time it was the back of my knees which was terrible um however what happens when i burn is that the entire layer of skin this is going to be gross the entire layer of skin for my entire body has to has to shed. I'm a snake. Oh my god! That's what yeah, no, that doesn't that doesn't sound like fun. Um, <laughs> Actually, it's a lot of fun. I love peeling off dead skin. It's one of my favorite hobbies. Okay, well, this is episode 110 of the Bleacher Creatures Yankees podcast, presented by Elite Sports New York, crossing Broad Warwick Gaming, XL Media, and as always, Rivercrest NYC. We did not open up the show talking about peeling off skin after getting sunburnt. Uh, quick. Housekeeping thing, the bonus episode, it's out. It's officially out. It came out on Monday. I decided to hold on to it for the All-Star break, uh, not knowing that we were going to get our schedules a little crossed up for a couple of weeks. So we went a couple of weeks without without a podcast. And this week we have two. So really great strategy, great planning on my part to release it on Monday after two weeks of no podcasting. Um, but that's out now. So go listen to that too. I will have to do that. Actually, I have a um, five-hour drive to Boston tomorrow, so I will be heading back to Boston. Ooh, that's a hike. My brother is actually just coming home from Boston in like 15 minutes. Well, look at that. Yeah. Yes, yes. See, this weekend I have Frisbee, but I'm not sure if any of you, you know, follow me on social media, but I was... I would assume uh, so. I was at Fenway Park last weekend. And the beauty of it all is my boyfriend is a Red Sox fan. Well, he calls himself a Red Sox fan, but quite literally, he tried on his T-shirt and he was bragging about how, oh, we're in first place. And I looked at him. I'm like, who's your left fielder? What's his batting average? Tell me more. Oh, my God. You did the you you did the reverse Internet douche. You did the reverse Internet douche. Exactly. I feel like if he was like a hardcore Red Sox fan, nothing would last. But because he's so like, he doesn't follow them. He just kind of is like, oh yeah, I'm a Red Sox fan. I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, but he can be, he game. can be changed. You can change him. Yeah. There's still time for improvement, you know? Um, went to this game, sat in the bleachers with uh, some of his college friends. He was down with his dad and like the nice seat sections and stuff. Very first batter of the game hits a home run. I get a text message from him says you're banned. I did nothing wrong. No, you were just hanging out there. The Yankees weren't even playing, just using magic for the other teams. So that day, the Red Sox lost 11 to 2. It was wonderful. 
I thoroughly enjoyed it. I had a great time. Nobody else did, but I had a great time. That's all that matters. Um, and then I took a picture with my boyfriend in front of the fields and just, you know, casually exposed my uh, New York Yankees t-shirt that I was wearing the entire game under my jersey and I got booed. That, it is what it is. You're going to go to Boston. You're going to get booed. I'll, I'll say when I went to Fenway, I didn't really get booed all that much because we, we sprung for the nice seats since, you know, mm-hmm. I'm only going to Fenway probably once in a lifetime. So oh, yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to go get some nice seats. And everyone down there was very nice. They were a lot of Yankee fans down there, surprisingly. Uh, but everyone was very kind, but I, I could tell that, you know, up in the bleachers, up in the upper decks, like she was getting rowdy. Well, let me tell you the first, the first people that booed me, they kind of booed me sarcastically because they were like, Oh my gosh, seriously. And I was like, guys, we're in fourth place. You don't have to worry about us right now. Like, you know, <laughs> please. Um, basically my idea was like, if the Yankees, you know, were in, were in better position, I probably wouldn't have done that. But the fact that they were in fourth place and someone would have said Yankees suck, I would have been like, yeah, they do. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're, you are not wrong, sir. You are not exactly. wrong. Exactly. So he kind of laughed at me. And then I took, uh, when I went to take that picture with my boyfriend, there was a, an older woman who just stared at me and she goes, get out. And I'm like, I'm not wearing any Red Sox stuff. So I don't know what your problem is. Like, yeah, I mean, that's credit, credit to that lady. I mean, she shares my pet peeve of going to a game, wearing the gear of a team that's not even playing in this game. That's a big pet peeve for me. And I'm kind of disappointed in you. Um, it's been a dream of mine to have a picture at Fenway Park, preferably Yankees, Red Sox, but you know what? This will have to do. That's fine. We'll, we'll let this one slide. It involves me flipping off the camera and I can't really do that when the Yankees are in fourth place. So like, can't really do that. So I figured this might be the next best thing. And I got it out of the way. Don't even have to do that anymore. Next time I go, I'll just wear whatever the heck I want to wear. Doesn't matter. Quietly cheer for the other team. I got you. Well, I will tell you, uh, Xander Bogarts hit a home run. That was just a uh, pot fly to left field, but, you know, the monster. Um, so everyone's cheering and, you know, yelling like, oh, my God, this guy's so good. He hit another home run. And I'm yelling because, you know, no one can hear me. So I had to yell. If you played in a real stadium, that would have been an out. And my friend next to me goes, do you really want me to have to fight for you today? And I was like, no, nope, I'll stay quiet. That was it. Just need to get that out there. That's that Red Sox fans don't mess around. They'll throw hands. They'll go at it if you're if you're gonna go at it with them. They will go at it. I know. My friend literally, like before the game, she goes, um, she's like, Yeah, I'm so happy that you're not wearing any Yankee stuff. And I'm like, Rachel, I have <laughs> little a secret. do you know. <laughs> <laughs> I have a secret. I was like, I have to tell someone because it's gonna just burst inside me. But I did it, and I'm so sorry about it but I'm not at the same time because it made for some really epic pictures and it made me feel really, really good. Even though the Yankees had not looked good for the first half of the season. No. And that'll be a nice, perfect segue uh, ruined by me saying it's a perfect segue to the fact that it is time for the Yankees to hit the nine, one fucking one button. We are in deep shit, Allison, deep shit. Listen, I thought we were going to end the uh, the first half on a super, super high note. Oh, sweeping Houston would have been beautiful. Would have been let beautiful. Let me tell you, I was listening to the game on the radio when Garrett Cole went nine innings. Garrett Cole was something else that night. He had some sort of 
revenge fantasy potentially adrenaline kicking through him that's what we need from him for the rest of the season that was beautiful I loved that yeah career high in pitches yeah and I mean then the fact that of course um you know they won the first game I think it was four to two was the score but then man that last game was literally a gut punch but it also described the entire first half of the season for the Yankees yeah it was a perfect metaphor because when we're talking about the Yankees, and I feel like we've done this a million times, you have, you have a good series in Minnesota. You should say, well, are are the Yankees back? Are we finally back? And then, boom, get swept by Boston. You have a good series against Toronto. Are the Yankees back? Boom, swept by Boston. And it's, oh, are we about to sweep the Houston Astros? No, ninth inning collapse. And so that's just how it's going this year. Are, we, are the Yankees going to take advantage of this beautiful opportunity where they play either the Red Sox or the Rays in 11 of their next 13 games? Are they going to take advantage of it? Boom. Everyone gets COVID. So obviously I saw, um, I forget who it was, but somebody from the bullpen went on the, um, the COVID-19 list first, um, COVID-19 injured list. And immediately I was like, this is not good. This is a bad sign because I have not seen that specific notification come up in a very long time. Well, that's, that's because the Yankees had reached 85%. They were 85% vaccinated, so they weren't getting tested regularly. There's no reason to test them if they were asymptomatic, so they weren't getting tested. And I guess uh, one of the unvaccinated guys uh, became symptomatic when he got COVID, and then he passed it on to Aaron Judge, which, yikes, that's bad. Uh, Jonathan Loizga, Kyle Higashioka, who else? I, I got to double-check the names here. Nestor Cortez, Wandy Peralta. Peralta. Zach Britton? No, not Zach Britton. Zach Britton came up back from the IL. He was supposed to be available today, but of course there's going to be no game today. Um, And it just goes to show you, we should have had 100% vaccinated. Everybody should have been vaccinated. We would have been fine. what happened, I think. The Yankees had this massive collapse, and all of a sudden they're like, we need to get this bad news out of the news. What can we do? Wait for the all-star break to be over. And then they got COVID. It's a distraction because no one remembers that game anymore. Now they're like, oh, my God, everyone's sick. I'm so concerned for them. Mm -mm. Nope. I'm still concerned for that ninth inning collapse. Everybody's mad. Everybody's angry. Like, how the fuck did you guys get COVID? Aren't you vaccinated? Right. Well, one person had to go ruin it for everyone. Science. You know, I don't even want to talk about the science behind it because I'm not a scientist, but I have my personal beliefs on that. But regardless, Looking back at that ninth inning, I couldn't watch that game because it wasn't on anything. It was on national TV, technically, and I could not get a TBS stream, so I could not watch it. So I had to watch it on game day. So I'm just casually like going back and forth, doing some work, but also like paying attention to the game day, whatever, you know, just just chill. See, Domingo Herman comes out for the ninth. I'm like, that's interesting. Like, bold, okay, bold just- choice. Right, just trying to see. I right guess, before the all-star not. break. That's not like you have Chad Green on like a pitch limit. Like you want to save Chad Green for tomorrow. Right. No, we got we got three days off after this. Right. Air it out. So I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Second pitch he threw was in the other batter's box, face high, if there was a batter, of course. And I said, I got a weird feeling about this. I just got that weird gut feeling. And well, it was correct. And to be honest, I wasn't paying attention closely enough. So when Altuve, I saw the little notification that said in play and then in parentheses runs. And I said, oh no, 
what happens? It's gone. And then I saw the little home run thing come up. I'm like, damn it. They tied the game. I did my math wrong. So I assumed they tied the game. I'm like, okay, it's fine. We'll just go to extra innings. And then all of a sudden I look at the score. I'm like, oh no. Oh no. I was sitting on the couch. I started throwing a tantrum. (laughs) I was so upset. And my boyfriend, you know, comes over and he's kind of like, he goes, who's Chad? And I was like, what are you talking about? Stop talking about him. He's, he's asking me who Chad is. And I'm like, why did, what? Why? That's so random. He goes, you were yelling. Damn it, Chad. Damn it. Well, then Chad Green, it's, it was so, it was so Yankees. It was so 2021 Yankees. The one guy who has been so lights out dominant besides Nestor Cortez Jr. Of course. Well, yeah, of course. Uh, over the last month or so is Chad Green. And who is the guy who gives up a walk-off home run to none other than Jose fucking Altuve? I, I had no doubts that that ball was going to leave as soon as the pitch left Chad Green's hand. I'm like, yeah, this this one's over. This one's we're cooked. This game's over. No sweep, but at least we got a series win. I tried not to get too down on myself, and then I started going down the rabbit hole of uh, Altuve takes his shirt off in response to all the other stuff that was going on, the extracurriculars, which I was having a whole load of fun with until yeah, Jose Altuve. Yeah, until Jose Altuve is running around home plate with no shirt on. I guess his wife doesn't get mad about that anymore or guess he got that tattoo finished, whatever the excuse he wanted to go with was. Um, Just a friendly reminder that Gary Sanchez once said that if he hit a walk-off homer to send his team to the World Series, he'd let his teammates disrobe him at home plate and just stand there butt-ass naked on national television. That's something that, you know, if, if... I was in that scenario. I would probably do the same if I hit a walk-off home run to send my team to the World Series. It was just a little weird that Jose Altuve didn't want his jersey ripped off. And then you have, you know, the whole coat thing, which was we were that sweep away from finally having a thing. I don't know if it sticks around after the All-Star break, but if we complete that sweep, the jacket coat, yeah, the jacket cape, that's that's the new thing. That's we finally have it. The t-shirts would have been out in five minutes after the game, everything. It was like the thumbs down, which I just found that short the other day. And I was like, I have to keep this. It's a relic. That's what we need though. And I'm going to, I'm going to shout out our mortal enemies, uh, breaking balls, Emily Nyman and John Snyder. Uh, they had Lindsay Adler on their podcast this week. And she noted that there's just like a lot of bad vibes in the Yankees in the Yankees team right now, because shit's not going right and everyone's complaining and and people aren't playing the way they're supposed to be playing. Like there's obviously there's bad vibes going on, but that's why we haven't had that thing. We haven't had that thing where it's savages in the box, throw it on a t-shirt, make a million dollars, thumbs down, throw it on a t-shirt, make a million dollars. The, even the finger guns, which was like so forced that they, Mm -hmm. they like, Oh, we need a thing. Let's do finger guns. When we get on base, we do finger you know, guns. It's, it's gonna be so it's cool. It's really a shame that uh, that stash season was really not one of those seasons where t-shirts and like memorabilia was a thing. Because like I literally would have bought a t-shirt that just had a giant mustache on it. Oh my! I would buy a Nestor Cortez mustache shirt so fast. I have no I money. Think- I would I would go in deep into credit card debt for hey, a shirt like that. Job boy, get on it. Like this is an idea. I mean, it's Nestor the God. Like he. Mustache Nestor. Yeah, let's let's give Mustache Nestor some credit. He has been fantastic to the point where I'm just I'm just saying Nestor Cortez is a starter. He's in our starting rotation and maybe he's our second best starter. 
He has really, really looked good. I've been pleasantly surprised. I mean, to be honest, was I really surprised? No. No, we um, love Nasty Nestor. Just for whatever We've reason, he's a Yankees legend. But now he's on the COVID injured list. I was so sad when he ended up with Seattle. It's like, this yeah. is the end. We're never going to see Nestor Cortez again. And I think we actually beat him up a little bit when we saw him with Seattle. But now that he's back, he's got his mustache. He's back to messing with timing. He's back to throwing from a million different arm slots. That at bat that he had was Shohei Otani, where Otani was literally just laughing at home plate because of the way Nestor Cortez was pitching. Like, that's prime yeah. Nestor. Give me that Nestor because nobody is going to be able to hit him. You can't hit if you're laughing in the box. It's just physically impossible so make it yeah make everybody laugh in the box by going super slow and throwing from different arm angles strike everybody out that's the nasty nester method so just covering like parts of the first half and everything like that you know quite honestly these past few weeks have been thoroughly disappointing to me lots of blown leads lots of just i feel like what I feel like the energy that they get when they score runs or hit home runs is just not carrying over at all to the rest of the game. It's just like, yeah, we did this one inning. Like now we can rest for a long time. And that's then, what happened in that angels game. You tag Shohei Otani for seven runs in two thirds mm-hmm. of an inning. And then you lose that game. You right. lose that game. Well, <sighs> I assumed, to be honest, I fell asleep once they hit the uh, second rain delay. I was ready to turn it off. I was like, this game's over. When that rain delay came, I was like, there's no reason to keep this game going. There's no way they play this game. They Basically, they tried so hard to get to that bottom of the fifth inning because they knew that the rain was coming. And they were like, you know what? Let's just get in it. So I was like, perfect. This game is over. Don't have to worry about it. I wake up in the morning in the worst mood seeing the notifications first. Cause I was like, Oh, Brett Gardner hit a home run and I missed it. Oh my gosh. And then second, because I'm like, wait a minute, why is John Carlos Stanton talking to the reporters? Like they just lost because they definitely didn't lose. Did they? They, couldn't, they- couldn't possibly have lost that game. Couldn't possibly uh, you lose Shohei Otani on the mound and in your lineup in the first inning he gets to take one at bat and he gets to throw two-thirds of an inning and now you lose the dh spot so the angels have to go with a a short bench already and they have to mix and match with their bullpen pitchers and you're going to have a pitcher hitting today that's a thing that's going to happen and you still find a way to lose that game yeah there's there's no way that should have happened just logistically or looking at the fact they started off the game so strong there's just no way and low and be- like, I wonder what the winning percentage was for them going into even like, what was it? The top of the eighth that they ended up scoring all those runs or something. I wonder what the winning percentage was, was going to be the uh, win projection. At definitely. least, at least 75%, probably higher, sure. maybe 80, 85. That's like, that's a lockdown win right there. And oh, it, yeah, just, it sure. just fell apart so fast. Actually, I might look that up, but yeah. Um, Yeah, the first half of the season, quite honestly, was, of course, disappointing. They ended up in fourth place in the AL East. That is horrific. The only team behind you is the Baltimore Orioles. And if you're anywhere close to the Baltimore Orioles halfway through the season, we have a bigger issue on our hands. Yeah, if you're closer to the Baltimore Orioles than the top of your division, that's, uh, that's a bad sign. And yes, we are in fourth place, technically tied for third place. Uh, But... It's not good. Shit's shit's bad. Shit's not going right. And when you look ahead to this next two weeks, like I I was on radio this morning getting amped up. I was so excited. So I was like, this is this two weeks has to be your best two weeks 
If you fuck mm-hmm. this two weeks up, if you, God forbid, get swept by Boston again in a four-game series, the division is over. You're done. That's it. You're, done. you're, you're not going to be a division winner, and you're going to have a long uphill battle to get to the wild card spot because a team like Cleveland is playing the Detroit Tigers and the Kansas City Royals and, and the Minnesota Twins, who are just bad this year for no reason. They're just mm-hmm. bad. And you have to play the Blue Jays, the Red Sox, and the Rays, arguably top 10 teams, probably the Rays and the Red Sox top five teams. Mm-hmm. You have a long uphill battle and you've been playing pretty shitty. And Glaber Torres' power has completely disappeared. He hits the ball on the ground a million times. Uh, the only real consistent performers have been Aaron Judge, Gary Sanchez, and Gio Urshela. And even then, if you look at this next two weeks of the news that drops today, Aaron Judge and Gio Urshela get placed on the COVID-19 list. So now if we play these games, we're playing them without two of the three players that have actually been playing well for the Yankees this year. And it's just like, come on, man. Give me one break, one break. Let me catch one. It is just not, (laughs) I, I don't even know how to describe it. Not only is it disappointing, but like looking back at the beginning of the season, like they were world series favorites. Oh, we were going to walk to the AL East. Now they have a 12.9% chance to make the postseason. It's bad. Yeah. What the Yankees Less were than going 1% to, to win the World Series. The Yankees were going to walk to the AL East championship. I had zero faith in Tampa. And I still I don't really trust Tampa down the stretch because you know the bullpen approach is going to catch up to them eventually. And no matter how many good bullpen arms they have, they're going to get tired eventually. And you mm-hmm. saw those cracks start to form a little bit before the end of this uh first half. Forget that. Even if Tampa is legit. How do the Yankees catch them? How do the Yankees catch up to them? Because there's this dark magic that takes hold of the Yankees at Tropicana Field and even when we're in Yankee Stadium. So how do you even catch up to the Rays? And then how do you catch up to the Red Sox after them? Well, here's the first issue. And they're basically 500 both at home and on the road. Can't do that. You can be 500 on the road, but you have to win your home series. You have to win your series. That is just absurd. And like, just looking at the, um, you know, the splits between opponents and stuff, Baltimore, they are six and four against Baltimore. They still let Baltimore win four times. Yeah. That's not great. No, it's not. And this is like, this is the opposite of what I expected. I expected the AL East was going to be very bad because last year the Red Sox were bad. And the only thing that really changed was that Alex Cora came back. The Rays gave away some of their best players. The Toronto Blue Jays have no pitching, and they're in the same spot as us now in the division. So, you know, credit mm-hmm. to them. They're playing pretty well, whatever. And the Orioles are the Orioles. And then I looked at the NL East, and I was like, all five of these teams could be a legitimate playoff contender. And it's just been the exact opposite. And that makes me feel so dumb. And also, like, just I'm so mad. <laughs> I'm just Listen, so frustrated. I believe, I'm just going to say this. I do believe that at the beginning of the season, I told you that the AL East was not going to be a walk. And you told me that I was wrong. That You might be right. Well, I have to go back and listen to the tape. We're going to have to double check that. Uh, we'll, we'll check the records and, and we'll get back to you with your request as soon as we process okay. it in about, in about, I don't know, eight to nine business weeks. That's usually how long it takes to process these kinds of requests. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm not even wearing my Yankees hat today. I just, not for any 
subtle nod to how disappointed I am in the team, but mostly because it's all the way upstairs and I'm all the way downstairs. And but, but also you don't have yeah. the energy to go get it because you're so disappointed. So yeah, I mean, maybe if the Yankees were playing well and things were going well, I'd have a little bit of an extra spring in my step. I'd be like, yeah, let me go get my Yankees hat for the Yankees podcast that I do. Instead, I'm sitting here in a goddamn Brooklyn Cyclones hat just being like, this sucks, man. All right. You want to hear the um, do you want to hear the win win probability chart stats? Oh, this is going to make me so mad. Do it. Do it. All right. Entering the bottom of the ninth. The Yankees were expected to win. Their win expectancy was 99%. Oh, my God. Literally 1%. Literally 1%. 1%. And Araldis Chapman blew it. That's a whole other thing. We got to talk about Araldis Chapman. because What is happening with that man? (laughs) He was the best reliever in baseball for like two months. And overnight. And I, I know everyone's first thought is spin rate, spin rate, spin rate. Spin rate's fine. That's not the problem. Overnight. He just turns into the worst reliever at all time. Had an ERA of 22 at one point. 22 over like the course of nine games. <sighs> it's, it's bad. We're in a bad spot. Really, at this point, it's obviously so very easy to um, just see all the negatives because there's so many. And really, it's really hard to see the positives, which there still have been. Um, like I said earlier, I think this is a turning point for Garrett Cole. Because if he knows he can still pitch like this and it's adrenaline, game face, all that fun stuff, then he's going to find a way to do it again. So I have faith in that. I still have faith in our bullpen. I'm thinking they just needed a couple days rest. Fingers crossed. Um, obviously, Gio Urshela, big, big fan of that guy. Love Gio. You know, you put, you put this lineup together at the beginning of the season, obviously with the goal to win. Like nobody puts a lineup except the Orioles that uh, is out there to lose because you, yeah. You also didn't have Tim LaCastro and Brett Gardner playing alongside each alongside each other every day. It's <laughs> not, it's a, not a good situation. If Tim LaCastro and so Brett Gardner are starting together, obviously things happened. Okay. So things have clearly changed since the very beginning of the season. It's very easy to get down and it's very easy to look at fourth place in the AL East and look up and say, Oh God, like, how is this going to happen? All I know is the Yankees have found ways to make it happen before. The problem is now they're relying on other teams to make mistakes, and that is not a position that you want to be in, especially when you have the Red Sox and Rays ahead of you. No, you always want to control your own destiny. That's Mm -hmm. the, the goal of this part of the season is just get your lead, maintain your lead. If you have to play catch up, you're already in a bad spot because you're relying on the Red Sox and the Rays to go out there and lose games. And that's just not something they've done this year. So if and and that's why this next two week stretch was so important, too, because if you have eight games against the Red Sox in the next two weeks, we're eight games back. You want to win three or four of both of those series. Congratulations. You're two games back from the division right now. That's it. And and you can also just get buried. And if you get buried, then, you know, season's over. It can happen very, you can go downhill very, very quickly than you can. It's obviously going to be an uphill climb for sure. But at the same time, every single game, and I know people hate when you say this, but every single game literally does count because the more times you lose and the more time the Rays and the Red Sox gain ground on the Yankees, they are just going to completely bury them if the Yankees don't do something about it. 
that's one of my my favorite sayings. You can't win the division in April, but you can lose it for sure. Mm-hmm. And the Yankees are very close to that coming to fruition where they got off to a bad start and just never got going. They got bad vibes. They don't have a thing. Uh, even did you see Garrett Cole snapped at Marley Rivera too during the post-game press conference in Houston? Oh man, that's like that's like 101. If I'm looking at how frustrated are these guys? Uh, are you attacking reporters for asking fairly? I mean, it was a dumb question, but it was like a legitimate question that she just wanted to get a quote on. She asked him if having that start in Houston, where he pitched a complete game shutout, one nothing victory, if that was him showing everybody that regardless of all the talk about spin rate and spider tax stuff, he's still that dude. And Garrett Cole snapped her. She's like, Marley, just go look at my track record and my numbers. Thank you. I was like, holy shit. Do you know how mad you have to make Garrett Cole for him to snap at you? He's like, he sounds like Kermit the Frog. He's like the nicest guy. And it's just like, yeah, in a post-game press conference, if you ask him about the spin rate and spider tech stuff, that's not going to go well for you. I'm going to make a note of that. I am never going to ask Garrett Cole a tough question if I ever get the opportunity. That's the very last thing I want. I don't want to make Kermit the Frog angry. No, not at all. Yeah, well, someone had to ask it, you know? So I guess it just had to be her, the sacrificial lamb. She does that a lot, though. She is a lot of times the person who asks that question that is just going to get people really angry. Um, and, you know, I guess, you know, credit there. She was looking for a soundbite. She got a soundbite. It mm-hmm. was kind of a mean soundbite in her direction. But it was it like that. Yeah, it was like the but you know what? question she asked years, Clint Frazier early in the year. Years later, when Garrett Cole is being inducted into the Hall of Fame, she's like, oh, I have this soundbite where he called me by name and insulted me. So do any of you have that? I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah. Just print that out. Do one of those things where you get like a neck tattoo of music, <laughs> like the, you know, how, how the wave goes up and down with oh, music. No, no. No, here's what you got to do. You got to get, um, you got to put it on Spotify as a soundbite. And then you take the Spotify code and you tattoo it on your neck so that people are like, oh, what's on your neck? Like, oh, just scan the code. And it'll shoot. Just get it tattooed on your neck. Anytime you guys want to hear Garrett Cole absolutely destroy me in a press conference, just scan (laughs) my neck. One of the like QR codes for like the YouTube video. That's perfect. That's it. You're like, why do you have a QR code? I don't know. Scan it. See what it is. Yep. That's right. Garrett Cole insulted me. Is me getting roasted. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. But that was like the, the question she asked Clint Frazier earlier in the year. Clint, are you oh, yeah. a good, are you a good everyday left fielder? What the fuck? <laughs> what? It's just like, don't worry. It's an inside joke between me and Clint. Like, Okay, but you're like a reporter for ESPN. Should you really be making inside jokes while you're supposed to be getting stories? Well, you know, sometimes you got to leverage that relationship. Yeah, um, leverage that relationship. That's a, a big point of what uh, Max Goodman said in the bonus podcast. Is that ooh, having being yeah, able to get access to that clubhouse is just, it's so important because you can't have mm-hmm. those kinds of conversations where Marley Rivera on the down low can say, hey, Clint. You would get every day left fielder. No, she has to ask that on the Zoom conference now. Well, here's the other thing, too. And I'm just saying this from my marketing experience, because I feel like I could be a great reporter if I was given the opportunity, you know, just saying. (laughs) At Yankees. 
but you got to also get to know the gatekeepers, you know, security, the people that are doing the little things. Grease you got to get palms. to know them. You got to got to develop those relationships with them. Ask them about their kids. Ask them about, you know, their hobbies and things they do outside of work. If they do anything outside of work, you know, you really got to get to know these people. So leveraging relationships, huge in the sports world. Yeah. And you can't do that through a monitor. Yeah. Except, um, except if you're on a Zoom podcast for like two and a half years. That's how this works. I guess. I guess that works. Um, are you trying to use me to get to uh, someone? Absolutely. I'm just using you for Yankees fame. That's all this has ever been about. Just getting more Twitter followers from Yankees Twitter. That's all uh, it's, yes, all it's yes. ever been about. Interesting. Well, I do want to say um, a big congratulations to Clinton Kaylee, who yes. uh, Clint proposed to her last evening at a fancy restaurant in New York City. I already messaged her. Of course, she's probably getting like insane amounts of messages, but she'll get to it. it you know? she'll, she'll get to it. She'll write you a handwritten thank you note. Maybe you catch an invite to that wedding. That's like, leveraging the relationship right there. That's <laughs> leveraging the relationship. There it is. So, um, so yeah, congratulations to the two of them. I mean, they, everything looked absolutely beautiful, just gorgeous. So imagine being a famous baseball player and having the, uh, ability to propose in like this super fancy restaurant and be able to afford that. Ugh, I can't. Couldn't. And I'm sure it's going to be an off season wedding because literally everyone's oh, weddings yeah, are in the sure. off season. Uh, also Clint Frazier kind of going through some scary shit with his head again. Yeah. So remember how we kind of joked uh, a couple weeks ago about um, who is it about Brandon Drury that he Brandon just couldn't Drury. see the ball. He got, he got migraines so bad anymore. that he couldn't see the ball. <laughs> it's not funny anymore. Uh, now we got it. But however, I do recall that Clint's uh, complained about very similar types of things after his concussions. Isn't that correct? Like double vision. And yeah, things no, like that? he was very open about that. And that was one of those huge things going into this season where it was, him yeah. telling everybody like, yeah, my head's fine. I don't feel any more of those symptoms from the concussion. Cause that's, right. you know, he was really open about that when he was struggling defensively in 2019. He was like, I just, something about being out there. It's just sometimes I have to like shake my head to just get my mind back in the game. And you could see him do it out there. And it was scary. Cause it's like, that was a serious head injury, man. You went full bore into that left field wall, full sprint. Yeah. And, and I mean, now it's scary. To be completely honest, like he still this year has done that a few times and he's had some really hard falls. Oh, he's um, been now, like Superman out there. Well, putting his body on the line. He's he looked like Superman on the up, on the down. Not so much. No, you just in the field, land, just in the field. You watch him land and every single time he's jolted. It's like it's very hard. Um I know, I know this is nothing compared to it, but like playing ultimate Frisbee, like that's what I do when I lay out or like I, you know, give my body up and like dive for the disc. Like when I land and hit the ground, it's always hard. And my neck and my head is always just like, boom, you know? So I don't, I don't know. It's a little, it's very scary. So I'm not really sure what we're going to find out and if we're going to find anything out, you know? Yeah, well, we've definitely ruled out vertigo, which is good because vertigo sounds scary as shit. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't really, I don't really know how vertigo actually affects people. I just know it makes you like dizzy and shit. Um, but I mean, we gotta figure this out. We gotta figure this out with Clint Frazier's head because if he, if we get to a point where we're talking about Clint Frazier not playing baseball anymore, it is going to be my number one biggest lost career. I don't want to say wasted career because it's not, you know, it's not his fault. 
that this right. stuff happened to him. But when you're That's looking at the, him. yeah, when you're looking at the talent level and you're saying, you know, legendary bat speed, legendary bat speed, like this guy could be something really special, fifth overall prospect in baseball at one point. And then you just kind of, you just keep getting hurt. You can't stay healthy. You'd never get that big payday, which I guess is okay now. Cause you know, his future wife's a doctor. So I think they're going to be <laughs> fine for money. Yeah, it's it's very, very scary. And just quite honestly, it's just sad. It almost reminds me of, uh, you know, not not the same type of situation, but like, you know, how certain players have had to retire due to injuries or due to things um, that have happened to them. It almost to me, it reminds me slightly of like Greg Bird esque. Um, it's you know, just a guy who could not stay healthy. Right, exactly. And like he had potential. You know, Greg, especially in Yankee Stadium, Greg Bird had the potential to be that left-handed bat there. Like he had a sweet swing. It was perfect for the short porch. He showed it off many times and he came up clutch multiple times, even in his short career there. But like every, it was just always something with that guy. And I feel, I always felt so, so bad. Absolutely. And, And there was a time when I'm pretty sure we had the podcast when this time was occurring that we were slotting Greg Bird into the three hole in between Aaron oh, yeah. Judge and John Carlos Stanton. We were saying this is the ideal lineup with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whoever leading off, whoever at the time didn't matter. But two, three, four, Aaron Judge, Greg Bird, John Carlos Stanton. Ooh, that's going to be nasty. Mm-hmm. And then it yeah. just never worked out for Greg Bird. And then we willed him to Colorado's system. And now, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm manifesting works my friends manifesting works can i manifest joey gallo to the yankees is that something i can manifest or is that something that if i get my hopes up they're going to be dashed well i mean i would take it easy here because we all know we all know what the yankees do not want to do and that is spend too much money um over the years i will say i think that might change at the trade deadline oh now that's because there's a difference between not going over the luxury tax and still being a no doubt playoff team as the New York Yankees and not going over the luxury tax and then being in danger of missing the playoffs entirely. That's like, that's like if we missed the playoffs entirely and it was the direct reason was because you didn't want to spend money. You didn't want to go pay for Joey Gallo, who isn't even really all that expensive. I think his contract is only like $6 million. Um, But if that's the reason there will be riots in the Bronx Mm -hmm. Yankee stadium will be burned to the ground. I actually have a, um, a TikTok idea in the making. So I'm, I'm preparing to do that about the, uh, the luxury tax, the queen of Yankees, TikTok back at it again. I actually almost did one when I was, when I was at Fenway to the international super spy song, it would have been perfect. (laughs) That actually, that would have been really good. I would have, I would have, but quite well, honestly, I, I couldn't tweet really it, Instagram it. So I didn't know how long to do it. So I was like, oh, I don't know. I'm going to mess it up. I'm going to mess it up. So I didn't want to mess it up because it had to be perfect. No, of course. I think what you got to do is you got to get somebody else to play the sound on their phone into like AirPods so that you can just have it in there. But your camera's recording. You got it. You got it on tape. Uh, oh, yeah, man. that, that would have been great. I know. I know. Maybe I could have gone viral. Who knows? Uh, lost opportunity. Uh, what you had, I know you had one that was like really, really good. Like I, I feel like it was like 30,000 views or something. One that just blew up 
unbelievable. Um, that was the one at the beginning of last year where <laughs> I think it was like the first one that you posted and it was like, oh shit, this yeah. works. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's see. Let's see. Following. I got to go. Following the... me. Am I? Yeah, it was a... I had some cash ones, you know, I have, I have lower amounts, but you know what? They're still, we're still getting likes here. So we're working. Absolutely. It. Actually, I don't even know if I'm following you. <laughs> I uh, once yeah. once you stopped once you stopped doing it regularly I, I just deleted it and I was like nah I'm not yeah. about it I'll I'll look um, it up later I send I'll look them it up to later. anyway every time yeah I know that's that's the thing like you send them to me so yeah. it's like I don't have to follow I, you to get them when I post for whatever reason it automatically like goes right to text message to send it to someone so I'm like who should I send it to oh I'm gonna send it to James, <laughs> James obviously and then James is gonna take it he's gonna put it on the Instagram that he never pays attention to. That he just always forgets about. I don't think I've posted a show clip on Instagram in like six months. You've done nothing with show clips. No. Well, I've I've been getting them back on Twitter. Back on Twitter, it's been a little bit easier. You just um, don't share them with me. I see. No, I tag you in them. I, I hit, don't I share hit the them tag with, with me. Oh no, Jim. I don't. I don't share them with you. I just Correct. put them on Twitter. Yeah. All right. What else? What else we got for the Yankees? Do we have any other Yankees news? Anything else besides everybody getting sick and the season being on the brink of destruction? I mean, odds. I'm super worried. Um, it's a huge, huge bunch of series coming up. Honestly, every series just feels huge right now. So they are. That's 100% the most important two weeks yeah. of the season right here. I guess I guess we'll see what happens. But I'm I'm nervous. I'm not going to lie. I'm very nervous. Absolutely. Do you have any comments on the all-star break home run derby all-star game? I don't know. Nobody really cares about oh, the all-star game. Just so Dominguez and Luis Medina in the futures so, game. So let me talk about real quick. The home run derby. Who, who is controlling this simulation that decided that Trey Mancini cannot win the home run derby. Who decided that? It's bad, bad simulation controlling. That's, That's terrible. That was a perfectly made moment for Trey Mancini. Oh my he gosh, the an story upset candidate wrote itself. And of course, Pete Alonzo, who has done nothing else but just hit home runs during the derby, wins. And he's like, oh yeah, ho, ho, ho. like he's an idiot. I'm sorry. Like, I think he's an idiot. He's so he's goofy. He's just like a goofy guy who thinks he's like, He's so cool and he's it just was, like not <laughs> it was written up so perfectly like that would have been the story it would have made me cry so hard and yeah i mean obviously the same thing he still got to the final so it's a great story still but like just winning and being up there and hoisting that trophy would have just been wholesome the most beautiful thing and wholesome that's why we watch the sport absolutely and i just remember the final round and that kid like tore his ACL out in the outfield. And you know, here's Pete Alonzo. Some kids getting carried off the field. He's about to beat the guy who's on a cancer comeback and he's just vibing at home plate, just dancing around like a big goofball. And like, maybe, maybe understand the moment here, Pete. I know it's a million dollar bonus for you, but like Trey Mancini, that's the story. Nobody cares about you. Nobody at it. all. Yeah, Pete Alonzo wasn't even the story. It was his pitcher. When he won the home run derby, no one was yeah. like, wow, congratulations, Pete Alonso. They're like, look at this pitch. Look at it. He is so good at getting the ball right in the zone. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. But yeah, I was since I was like, he has to win. He has to. Like, there's there's no other ending to that derby. 
but apparently there was. So Man, someone was. out there fucking up the universe here, and I think it's stupid. That sucked. I thought the home run derby was perfect, even even with Shohei losing in the first round because we got that we got double overtime with him and Juan Soto. I was like, oh yes. yeah. yeah, give me all of this. This is Just incredible. If Trey Mancini had won, it would have been completely perfect. That would have been the perfect home run derby. I'd never have to watch another home run derby the rest of my life. I did hear, though, that um, the All-Star game in general actually got far more viewers than a ton of stuff. It had like 9.8 million viewers. It was really good. I actually I don't really care for the All-Star game, uh, especially now that home field advantage in the World Series isn't decided because it's kind of like, you know, whatever. It's not like it's not like basketball where you know, scoring points is the most fun part of basketball. And mm-hmm. that's literally all they're doing. Cause in the all-star game, you're also like typically seeing Max Scherzer, Jacob DeGrom, like tough guys to hit off. So I feel like there's never really a whole lot of offense this year. There was, it was fun. It was a good time. Uh, if Kevin cash had a big brain, he would have put a Chapman in to try to close that game for the American league and just like ruined him for the second half of the season. <laughs> but I guess we dodged a bullet with that one. No, I thought the all-star game was great. I, um, you know, to be honest, this season, I'm a big fan of someone who's on the Rays now. Brett Phillips. Um, Brett Phillips is my new fave. I love him. Maybe because his name is Brett. I don't know. But he's hilarious. He's just a great advocate for the game. And he has Oh, my God. uh, I thought you were going to A-Rod me. I really thought you were about to A-Rod me. When, you know, you know, when Alex Rodriguez is on Sunday night baseball, every time they're talking about a player, he says, and he's a great ambassador to the game. Oh, no, no, no. Literally everyone. I thought no, you no, were an he's an advocate me. guy wasn't even nominated or he wasn't even voted as an all star. And he's there interviewing players, which shows just like just how much fun he is. And he's releasing apparel with his uh, baseball is fun shirt that he wrote in his own handwriting. And I'm going to buy one. <laughs> he's great yeah when he came out to pitch uh the other week and my god that was the best first pitch he just gasses 94 literally like a kid at christmas in the bullpen and he's just like jumping up and down he's ready to face against the gate like he was in the shining it was so funny that was hilarious and then like him testing in the bullpen, like the different ways he's going to actually like do his approach to the plate and then he had a ball and it was funny it was great Good guy. I really like him. And even though he's on the Rays and I hate the Rays, I, I really am a big fan of Brett Phillips. Yeah, he is just like a really likable guy. There's really just yeah. nothing you can do about it. Sometimes sometimes the fun guys play for the bad teams. That's, you know, the way you feel about David Ortiz. And you obviously, no, you know, no, you have a little more. Him. Well, I have I have a little more respect for guys like him and Manny Ramirez no. now that they retired. But, you know, when they were no. playing, I hated their guts. But now that I can look back on it and be like, wow. They were they were pretty awesome. That was pretty great. I saw someone said like if they could if they wanted to create a perfect face of baseball, they would transfer Mike Trout's talent into Brett Phillips. That would be the guy if you're looking for a perfect face of baseball who just is the best player on the face of the planet and also just the guy with the best personality in the entire league. And I mean, I guess you know Shohei he's doing okay. And there was that whole Stephen A. Smith thing, which was fucking ridiculous uh Mm. and then of course like he says that shit and then Shohei goes on puts on a show in the first round of the home run derby even though he loses uh dominates the first inning of the all-star game literally when he got knocked out of the home run derby people left the stadium and you're gonna say like guy that guy can't be the face of baseball because he doesn't speak English come on man 
I hate that. I hate that. So I did see though on Twitter, someone posted a meme. They're like, this guy is like the next, he's like Babe Ruth. He's doing he is better than Babe Ruth. Okay. He better. I'm, I'm not done yet. Hold on. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, he's smashing all these records. And the reason we love him is because he's doing all that, but he's also doing this. And it showed him in the dugout and he's like balancing a baseball on his arm. <laughs> just focusing so hardcore. And they're like, he's yeah, doing so dugout games. That, but also he does this. And that's what makes him great. <laughs> yeah. Babe Ruth played against plumbers. There's no way he'd be able to do what Shohei Otani does. Shohei Otani is the new god. <laughs> Alrighty then, let's end on that, shall we? Yeah, I think that is a perfect place to end it. All right, so that'll wrap it up. And we're sorry for taking a long break, but obviously our schedules are kind of hectic. Go listen to the bonus podcast, which I didn't like the format because you know it's I like having conversations with people. I don't like interviewing them, but there's a lot of really smart people on it and you're going to learn a whole lot about the game and marketing the game if you listen to it. Awesome. I will listen, I promise. You better, I'm going to quiz you. All right, see ya. Bye.